I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Oh, yes, he has made me glad. Yes, he has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. <coughs> yes, he has made me glad. Oh, I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Oh, and I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Oh, yes, he has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Yes, he has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Oh, yes, he has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Oh, and I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with I will say this is the day the Lord has made, for he has made me glad. Oh, yes, he has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice, for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice, he has made me glad. Amen. It's an honor to be able to come to the house of the Lord, isn't it? Amen. Help us get through the week. Sometimes Monday and Tuesday are rough. So it's always a wonderful thing to be able to come to church and worship. Amen. He brought me out. My heart was distressed neath Jehovah's dread frown And low in the pit where my sins dragged me down I cried to the Lord from the deep miry clay Who tenderly brought me out to golden day Oh, He brought me out of the miry clay on the rock to stay He puts a song in my soul Today a song of praise Hallelujah He plays 
upon the strong rock by his side. My steps were established. Here I'll abide. No danger of fall. While here I remain, but stand by his grace until the crown I gain. Oh, he brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He puts a song in my soul today, a song of grace. He gave me a song, twas a new song of praise by day. at this time and when the battle's over and when the battle's over we shall wear a crown yes we shall wear a crown we shall wear a crown when the battle's over we shall wear a crown in the new Yes, we shall wear a crown. 
crown When the battle's over We shall wear a crown In that new Jerusalem We'll wear a crown We'll wear a crown Wear a bright crown And when the battle's over In that new song he touched me <clears throat> oh he touched me oh he touched me and oh the joy that floods my Yeah. 
service that Sunday morning after the youth weekend and saw everybody in here, so many people just from different churches, different countries, all worshiping together. And that's what it's going to be like on the other side. It was such a beautiful thing. The, the brothers did such a good job on the camera work. You could watch the crowd and, the, and brother, our pastor at the same time and got to see their reactions and everything. And hey Amen. I'm looking forward to another day like that where we have hundreds of people together because I certainly enjoyed that. Amen. We'll sing this little song and then we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Heart of worship. <clears throat> when the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart 
I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship It's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it It's all about you all about you, Jesus. King of endless words, no one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours, every single I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of about you it's all about you Jesus I'm sorry Lord for the things I've made it it's all about you it's all about you Jesus I'm coming back to the heart of worship it's all about you it's all about you I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made. It's all about you, all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made. all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming
the reason we're standing here, the reason we're able to come to church. Amen. Pastor's been saying for years that I'll come back to one thing, worship. We're going to praise and worship through the good and the bad. Amen. A few prayer requests here. I want to continue to remember. I want to say it's good to see Sister Joan back in the house of the Lord. God's touched her and strengthened her. If I know one thing, I know Sister Joan didn't want to be out of church. If I know nothing else, I know that. So it's good to have her back in the house of the Lord this evening. Amen. Um, some of these requests I haven't read off in a few weeks, so bear with me. Uh, Brother Ron Spencer, let's continue to hold up. Brother Ron up there in Virginia. Sister Pearl and Brother John Royals out there towards Augusta. Continue to hold them up before the Lord. The Lord will continue to strengthen both of them. Sister Eugenia, that the Lord will give her the touch that she needs in her body. Sister Marilyn, we're thankful for what the Lord's done for her already, and we're just expecting even more things for Sister Marilyn. Sister Erica Parker, um, and also Brother Donnie, the whole family up there in Tennessee. Just remember Sister Erica. Um, Nathan Smith, I believe that's a cousin of Brother Lee's, um, just needs a touch from the Lord. Just remember him. Um, Sister Tia's mom, Doris Hawkins, thankful for the Lord strengthening her so far. Just praying the Lord to continue to do that. Um, Brother Mike Fuller's cousin, David Blevins, um, remember him as well. Sister Sharon Van Wick up there in uh, Michigan. Uh, she's going through her cancer treatment, so let's uh, remember her. Sister High, as she's traveling, the Lord will continue to give her traveling mercies. And Brother Mike and Sister Angie's daughter, Holly, I'm sure some of you saw the, the post that went out this week. Um, I won't get into anything that's none of my business, but she just needs a touch from the Lord. And we know God's more than able to do it. We've seen it here. Sister Gloria, Sister Angie, Sister LaDonna, our pastor. You know, it's, it's the same thing, just the devil. And we're just believing. We're not asking God to do it. We're just believing that it's done. Amen. And we know God's more than able to do it. He did it once. He'll do it again. Amen. Brother Cammie, if you don't mind, come take us to the Lord in prayer this evening. I know we all have needs. Anybody have an unspoken prayer request? As always, we hold up our pastor in prayer. God bless you, saints. Uh, thank the Lord for tonight. I could sense the spirit of the Lord in this place tonight. Just want to thank the Lord for his presence. I thank the Lord for everything that he's doing in our midst. That song just spoke to me, coming back to the heart of worship. When you look at it, folks, my brothers and sisters, this is all about God. God's been dealing with me, showing me certain things, that this life is this life is battleground, okay? And the things that we see is temporal. They don't mean nothing. Your house, your car, that means nothing to God. The only thing that's vitally important, my precious brothers and sisters, is to have a personal relationship with Christ and to know him 
Because when it's all said and done, you're leaving this life <laughs> the way you came in, right? So you're not taking your toys with you. You're not taking your, your Jordans with you. You're not taking nothing with you. Just like our prophet says, it's character. And it's going to be an individual affair. God is going to pull you aside. And if, that's if you really want to serve God. If we come to church, it's all good. Everything is good. But when God starts dealing with you, it's a totally different thing. It's on a different level, my friends. Look, I, I'm not special or anything like that. And I believe God has done that to each and every one of us to some degree. So um, with all my heart, I'm letting y'all know that God is on the move. He's, he's, he's doing things. When you could put your differences aside, really, when you come to think about it, it, it's, it, it, it has no eternal value with some of the things that we go through with each other. Just lay your differences aside, and you'll see God start moving petty things, anger, temper, whatever it is, you know, because I realize the devil is shrewd, the devil's slick, and, and he will bind you with these things, and you can't pray, and you can't move further on with Christ if you can't stop those things. I don't know why I'm saying it, but I'm letting you all know if, if you can't stop those things, you're not going to get to know God. God's not obligated to you to come to you if these things don't drop off. So, um, like I said, I'm no one special, but I just want to thank the Lord for what he's doing in our church. It, it's like, wow, Lord, you know, <laughs> you're finally doing this through individuals. You know, it's, it's a different, it's on a different level. So let's just love one another and put the differences aside because we're humans. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to, things are going to happen to us in this flesh. You know what I'm saying? So um, my main thing is, is let's get to know the Lord. And I believe with all my heart that God is going to do something special in this church. Things are going to start happening. There's going to be miracles in our midst. So let's go before the Lord. God, we, we just want to thank you so much for everything that you doing in our midst, Lord Jesus. God, this life is all about you, Lord Jesus. I remember your prophet saying, "Shear me, Lord. Take away all those things from me. You know, he was really crying and praying to you, God, to take away those things, oh God, from him, Lord, because he wanted to serve you, God, and he wanted to be one with you, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, God, it's a sincere individual affair, oh God. Lord Jesus, every time I come and testify, the devil has a battle. But at this point, Lord God, you know, sometimes when I come up here, I want to say something, and he's kind of like, hey, you know, I'm going to take care of you. As long as I have God, that's all that matters. So we want to thank you tonight, God. We invite your presence. We could sense your spirit in our midst, Lord Jesus, because this life is all about you, Lord God. To worship you in spirit and in truth and to win souls to your kingdom, God. I know a prayer request was called out, Father. And I pray, God, that you touch these prayer requests, God. You knew them from the foundations of this world, O oh Lord Jesus Christ. Father God, we love you so much. We thank you, God. God, I don't know what else to say, Father, but I love you with all my heart, God, and I just want to get closer to you, God, and I believe that's our heart's desire, God. Lord, we come here every Sunday and every Wednesday, Father God. The word should be changing us, changing our minds, changing the way we think. 
Oh, God, the way we look at life, Lord Jesus, because the things of this life is so temporal. It means nothing, God. And, Lord Jesus, I stand here tonight to worship you with all my heart, Lord. And I don't really care what people say, Lord God. I'm just going to worship my God, Lord Jesus Christ, because I know what you're doing in my heart, Lord. And, Father God, I know you could do it for each and every person, Lord. We ain't special like that, Lord. But, God, I believe we're special to you, God. So I just invite your presence, Lord. I invite your spirit, Lord. You know, I have a need in my body, Father God. And I just pray that your Holy Spirit, Lord God, would touch me, Lord, and help me, Jesus. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing in our midst, Lord. We love you so much, Heavenly Father. We commit this service into your hand, Father. In your precious name we pray. Amen. just sing a little more of that as we invite our pastor out this evening I'm coming back to the heart of worship it's all about you it's all about you Jesus I'm sorry Lord for the things I've made it it's all about you it's all about you I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of it's all about you. All about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things. All about you. I'm coming back, oh yes Lord, it's all about you, it's all about you Jesus, I'm sorry Lord for the thing I made it, it's all about you, it's all about you Jesus. It's all about him. And if it's not all about him, we need to go home. He is the center. He is the focus. He is our all in all. You can turn these monitors down just a bit. <clears throat> it's good to be in the house of the Lord. The midweek service to come get our tanks filled back up and uh, see what the Lord would have for us. I'll be. Uh, very frank with you and honest, uh, going through the book of Romans uh, doesn't look like I'll ever get through the whole book, uh, but um, chapter one alone has completely blew my mind. 
at the place where I'm at now. I don't know if I'll get as far tonight as I would like to, but there's some things in here, you know, because you realize that we have a modern day Rome, and that's where every evil, bad, horrible, terrible thing that's going on right now in the world stems from Rome. All the world wars, all the evil th things that are going on, the economy, the money, the governments, she owns it all. All goes back to Rome. She's the mother. So she's in control of it all. When we, we want to try, you know, and I've been guilty of it too. We want to try to blame Biden, blame our government, and blame this, that, and all. It's Rome. And Paul dealt with his Rome. And Rome has a spirit. And the more I read in, this, in the book of Romans, and I trust you're reading at home, and I know that without the gift that, that I have, you don't have that, but you can still read it. And then when you come to church, then the gift can explain it, can break it down to you. And then you'll know, ah, oh, I just read that, but I didn't understand it. And that's how God works. But if you're not reading it, and you're not studying it, and then you come to church, and I go through it, you're going, hmm, what's he talking about? Because when I was in school, they gave me homework. And if I didn't do my homework, somebody failed a test. And no, nobody here want to fail a test. Romans chapter 1. <laughs> How many is happy tonight? How many is trying to figure it out? <laughs> it don't matter what you're going through. Be happy. That, I know that song is, is secular, but it says, don't worry. Just be happy. <laughs> don't worry. Just be happy. Things, things in life go a whole lot better when you're just happy. That's why I like being around happy people. Because if you ain't happy and you be around happy people before long, you'll be happy. Amen. It's good to be in church. I plan on holding you all night. <laughs> uh, don't you egg me on, brother. Uh, I've never done it before, but maybe before I die, <laughs> if I have enough strength, I may pull a Apostle Paul, and somebody dies, we'll just raise him up and keep on preaching. <clears throat> Romans chapter 1. Verse 16, we looked at this last time, I know it's been a couple of weeks, but uh, I'm not, I'm not going to preach on verse 16, but we're going to start there tonight. Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is, what is? The gospel. What is the power of God? And to what is it? It is the gospel. It's the good news. It is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Where? In the gospel. When it's preached in its fullness. And when it's pre preached in truth. Not added to and not taken away. But when it's preached in truth. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed 
from faith to faith, or I can say it this way, from revelation to revelation, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God, now he turns a corner here, now listen to him very carefully. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against now, we're talking about the wrath of God now, not the goodness of God, not the blessings of God. Now he's turned a corner. Now he's on the wrath of God. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Listen, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. They're not holding error. They're not holding false doctrine. They're not holding catechisms and creeds. They're holding truth. Is that what it says? Hold the truth in unrighteousness. They are holding it. They're holding it back. Because they know if they preach it in truth, they're going to lose people. And that part don't bother me. All I need is two or more. And he'll be here and that's, we can have church. Who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest. Where? Who? The ones that hold truth in unrighteousness. It is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. This is some powerful stuff. God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead. Listen, so that they are without excuse. Because you can look at creation and see God. You can look at the earth and see God. You can look all around you and see God. In many different ways and see God. Brother Ram said, I knew God in nature before I knew Him in the Bible. You cannot look at nature and deny a deity. You can't. And you'd be a fool. I mean, you can be a fool. But to, deep down in your heart, you cannot look at nature. You cannot look at the galaxies and the stars and look up at night and deny a deity. The Bible says you can't do it. There's no excuse. You have no excuse. So that they are without excuse. Because that, verse 21, when they knew God, oh, Jesus, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their own imaginations, and, were, and their foolish heart was darkened. But they knew Him at one time. Friend, I could call names from this pulpit that have fulfilled this scripture. Men that I know personally, that have walked away from this message, that knew God, knew truth. Knew this message and walked away from it. And now their foolish heart is darkened. That means there's no light in there at all. And if there's no light, you don't know where you're walking. 
professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. Change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie. And worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. I'll have to stop there. May God add His blessings to the reading of His Word. You can be seated. There's a certain place I wanted to get to, but I can see that time is not going to allow that. But if time allows us to be here next Wednesday, we'll move on into that area. But if time does not allow, then... I'll see you in the rapture. (laughs) If you will allow me tonight, I'm going to do something that I seldom do or have seldom done. Is I'm going to read some scriptures from the Amplified Bible. Now the Amplified does not change what the Bible means. It only breaks it down to where the common people can understand it. Now, some of these other versions that are in the that you can buy online, they change the meaning of Scripture. So that's why I won't have them in my house. I won't own one. I won't read one. I won't have anything. If you do, that's your business. If you want to go to hell, it's your business. But God had His picture taken with one, and that was the King James. And so I had somebody come to me years ago and says, I, I, I read the Bible, I just don't understand it. There's so many of these and thous, and that's King James. That's just King James. And people didn't like that, so they started writing other versions. Uh, they didn't like the these and the thous and the begats and all this stuff, so they made other versions. Well, I, I skipped the begats. Crucify me if you want to, but I'm not really interested in who begat who. I, don't, I just don't believe that edifies me. Y'all say, y'all did that, and I told you not to. Y'all did it anyway. Shame on you. If you want to read all the begats, that's your business. But I just kind of skip on down to where the, the word begat is no longer there. And then I, then I start rereading again. But, um, so I had somebody come to me and said, I read the Bible, but I just can't comprehend it. I can't understand it. There's so many words in there that... Because the Bible was not written in English, obviously, it was written in Hebrew and Aramaic and Greek. And so, therefore, when it was translated, some of the words, when you read it, it just doesn't make sense to the human brain that has an English language. So, somebody that was really brilliant come up with the Amplified. And the Amplified Bible just merely takes the words that are originally Greek, Hebrew, or or Aramaic and changes it into English. It don't change the meaning of the Scripture. Because I've read the Amplified many times. I, I love reading the Amplified because it just breaks it down. So I'm going to do that tonight because it does break some of these things down to where we can understand what Paul was saying. Now, <clears throat> some of these things are very deep. So I don't expect a whole lot of amens. This is teaching and I'll try my best to do so. I'm not a teacher, but I'll try my best. Uh, and before I forget it, uh, after the wedding, somebody left some gift cards on my desk. 
I guess they were gifts from the bride and groom. And if you don't get them by Sunday, I will be shopping online. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know whose they are. Uh, one's a Visa card, one's a Home Depot, and they're both 50 bucks. And 50 bucks to me and 50 bucks to me is 100 bucks. And building a house can go a long way. So uh, they'll be up here on, uh, on, they was left on my desk. I have no idea. They may be used. They may be no good, but I wasn't going to try it. But anyway, um, <laughs> they're here. If, if they're yours and you left them, then I'll leave them here until you get them. Um, when Paul is, you know, up to verse um, 17 is Paul's greeting and his admonition to the church at Rome. Okay? And we went through most of that. Most of that. You can't go through every scripture. It did take you forever. But it's his greeting and his salutation to the church at Rome. And when he gets to verse 18, he changes his thought and he turns a corner. And he says, for the wrath of God... All of a sudden, he brings in the wrath of God. Before it was, he was admonishing them. He wanted to come visit them. He wanted to come speak to them and how much he loved them and all so many wonderful, nice things that he said. And then all of a sudden, in verse 18, he says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Now, to these men that do this, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now, the, the Amplified says it this way. For God's holy wrath and indignation are revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Who in their wickedness repress and hinder the truth and make it inoperative. Brother Branham come to a pulpit in 1963, in July of 63, and preached indictment. And he said, I indict this generation for the second crucifixion, crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, not the physical crucifixion. That was one time and once and for all. He said, but they crucified the effects. What do you think Paul is saying here? They make it inoperative to where it doesn't work anymore. It, the days of miracles has passed. He did it, but he don't. <laughs> Come too late to tell me. I'm a walking miracle. Sister LaDonna's a miracle. Sister Gloria's a miracle. Sister Angie's a miracle. We got miracles all in this church. You Come too late to tell me that what he did back then, he can't do now. There is, is there anything too hard for the Lord? There never was, never will be. I've done seen too much in my life. You've come too late to tell me. But what they do is they won't tell all the truth. They'll tell part of the truth because they're holding the truth. They're holding part of it back. They know truth. They know because the Bible says for when they knew God. But see, they won't tell it all. They won't tell everything. See, my parents sit under a man like that. My parents sit under a man that knew all the, you know, just about everything you could know about Brother Branham. He lived in the same state as Brother Branham. He preached revivals after Brother Branham would leave a certain city. He would come in right after Brother Branham and preach his own revivals. The pastor my parents used to sit under. And he would try to discern and prophesy and do the same things that Brother Branham did. He was a Janice and Jambres. 
And so, I'm just, I'm just telling how it is. That's what he was. He was trying to imitate and copy, and it didn't do a very, very, very good job at all in, in trying to do so. But he knew the truth. He preached serpent seed. He preached water baptism, Lord Jesus Christ. He preached the Godhead. He preached virtually the message until 1995. And in 1995, he was approached by the Assemblies of God. And when the Assemblies of God approached him to join their denomination, he had already made his oldest son the associate pastor. And so this man, this pastor, he had, he had already known that in 1962, Brother Branham preached blasphemous names or names of blasphemy, okay, which is denominations. So he knew that. So he wouldn't sign the document to join the assemblies. But his son did. Now this man knew truth. And, and, and the reason that we are, that my family came from Pentecost into this message is because this man slipped up. He shouldn't have said what he did from the pulpit. God came down to this generation and spoke through the seventh church age messenger. And his name was William Branham. And my mom is sitting in the audience thinking, well, if God came down and spoke to the seven church age messenger to Laodicea, don't you think we need to be listening to him? So they begin to search. This is 1975. I was five years of age. And so they begin to search and found Brother Henry's church and they left the other one and left that thing and come to the real thing. But the thing about it was is this man was holding back because he wasn't telling people where he was getting this revelation. They thought he was so revelated. They actually, listen, they actually believed him to be a prophet. Because he had, he was preaching the message. And listen, back in them days you preached these kind of things. You're one or two things. You're, you're either a prophet or you're a devil. Because when Brother Brandon preached servancy, they called him a devil. To say that Eve had sex with the serpent, I mean, let that sink in for just a minute. We know these things, we understand these things, but you put yourself in, 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 in the place of a denominational person that thinks she ate an apple. And then all of a sudden you hear that she had an adulterous affair with a snake. Because that's what they think it was. So, that's why that he said thousands of friends will leave me after this. And they did. Door shut. He didn't have as many places to go and preach after that sermon. And, but this man that we sat under, my, my parents sat under for years. I wasn't born at the time, but uh, they sat under for years. They was listening to all these things, and he, what he was doing was holding the truth in unrighteousness. Now, the Bible says that God is going to pour out his wrath on those men. And now we've got more than we've ever had. Don't you think for one minute that these TV preachers don't know about this message? No, they know all about it. Most, uh, most of them probably got all the, all the tapes. They got all the books. They got all the paraphernalia. They got the cloud picture. They got all that probably in their office. I'll never forget, there was a young lady going to our church back before I started pastoring under the former pastor, and uh, she was going to a Christian school in, Co in Conyers, and uh, she happened to be standing in the doorway of the principal's office. 
She wasn't in trouble. She was just in the doorway there, I guess in line or wherever it was. And she looked, and, all, and in his bookshelves was Brother Bomulus's red books. Some of y'all remember those when, when we used to read books. And so she asked him. She said, uh, you know about Brother Branham? He said, well, absolutely. Now, this man's completely Pentecostal. I mean, to the core. He said, absolutely. Are there all the books from A to Z? And so she, you know how young people are. They just open up and let her out. Yeah, they don't care. You know, if they hurt your feelings, you get over it. That's how kids are and young people. They just say what they think. You know, the older you get, the bigger filter you get. You know, But young people don't have much of a filter. So she looked at him. She said, well, how come you don't preach his message? And you know what his response was? I have my own message to preach. Now, he's now dead. Uh, and I don't know what caused his death, but he did say that. I have my own message to preach. No, you don't. God sent one angel to this generation with one message that all of us are supposed to preach that message. When these young men take this message and sweep it on to the coming of the Lord. Praise the Lord. They know the truth and they hold the truth and they hold it back from the people. They know what the Bible says about standards. They know what the Bible says about how we're supposed to live and dress and conduct ourselves and the certain holiness standards that Christians are supposed to live. They know that because it's in the book. And they refuse to preach it. And so, so Paul says, those that hold these truths in unrighteousness, because there's only one reason these men are doing this. Because if, you, if these preachers preach what I preach, they'll have the crowd like I got. And I'm fine with this crowd. But they're not. They want the mega church. They want the, the, the jet airplane. They want the Cadillacs and the Rolls Royce. That's why they will not tell all the truth. And they're not realizing that you can that the, 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 the greatest lie ever told had more truth in it than it did lie. And they're getting up every Sunday and Wednesday or whatever church times they have and lying to their people by not telling them all the truth. And the wrath of God, not the wrath of the devil. The wrath of God is going to fall on these men that are not telling all the truth. That's one thing that's not going to fall on me because I'm not guilty of that. Oh, but you've run people off. You got that right. I have run people off. But it was the truth that run them off. And if people can't handle the truth, I want them to leave. I don't want people here that's going to fight the truth and fight me for preaching the truth. I don't need them here. Somebody ain't liking what I'm saying. I really don't care whether you like it or not. I don't need nothing but sheep in this building. I don't want nothing but sheep in this building. If people come in that don't know no better, that's different. I'm talking about people that know better and still come against me preaching the truth. They know it's in the Bible. They know it's in the message. And still get mad at me. Those kind of people I don't need. 
I'd rather them leave. I don't care what kind of tithe check they pay. God still got ravens. God still going to take care of the Levites. I'm just telling you, those things don't bother me. I'm not worried about running off tithe payers. But see, other men are. They're worried. They don't want to offend nobody. See, political correctness has come into the churches, even message churches. My God, I've heard some of these men in the message, they will not preach against sin. They won't even mention it. It's all deep, dark, mysterious things that we think, they think we need to know. They don't even know their ABCs. How are they going to know algebra? We need to know how to live. We need to know how to walk. We still have besetting sins in our lives. What good is it going to do you to understand all the deep, dark mysteries of God if you can't even live right? There ain't a person here under the sound of my voice even streaming or archiving that doesn't have an, at least one besetting sin. Period. Oh, I know some of you self-righteous. Well, mine's not as bad. Mine's not as bad as the other. Yours is, might be the one thing that will keep you out of heaven. Rich young ruler had one thing thou lackest. Self-righteous people, I didn't do what they done. What will what you did do may be enough to keep you out of the kingdom. I hear some of these from time to time, and I'm thinking, preach where they live. I hear some of these youth camps, and I hear these ministers, and I'm thinking, I don't even know what you're talking about. I know they don't. It's Wednesday night. We just had a good weekend with a wedding. Everything went good, wonderful, beautiful. But, you know, pastor's back in town. and I don't, I don't understand why a man has to make people think he's so deep. Noah wasn't deep until... People don't think I'm deep, but wait. Brother Branham tells us where the church is failing. We ought to know that quote by now. The church is failing on their walk. Not on their doctrine. Not on the mysteries. Not on the deep things of God, but on their walk. And if Enoch is our type, there's one thing that the Bible says that Enoch did. He walked. Walking is not the issue here. It's who he walked with. I don't have to understand all the deep dark mysteries of the Bible because I'm telling you right now, I don't understand them all. But when I get there, he'll start explaining them to me. I will understand it better by and by when I sit down behind, beside him on the hills of glory and he'll start opening up the word to me and revealing more of himself to me through the ceaseless ages of eternity. I'll be learning more and more and more and more about him. I don't expect to know everything about him on this side. I'm a human right now. But one day I won't be. 
Mm. I got to move on. My, I can't even get past one scripture. Verse 19 in the King James. I'm going to be switching back and forth, and I'll tell you when I'm switching. In the King James, verse 19, because, now these are the men that hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God. I'm telling you, I'm telling you church, some of these scriptures just blow my mind. That which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. God showed them these things. That's why the Bible, he goes on to say they are without excuse. If God never shows nobody nothing and they're ignorant and they don't know anything, God can't judge them. That's unjust. But he said, I have, I have revealed it to them. Therefore, they are without excuse. Because the things that I have created, the things that I have shown in the heavens, the things that I have shown on the earth, proves that there is a God. The things from the invisible now made into the visible. And let me tell you, friend, the things that people are doing out in the world right now, the perversion, the sickness, the debauchery, the, all the filth and gum and all the homosexuality and all the junk that's going on out in the world right now, is a sign to you and I that we're fixing to leave. Huh? And it's making God sicker and sicker and sicker at His stomach. But let me tell you this about all that that's going on out there. Even to the worst of them, deep down in the recesses of their soul, they know what they're doing is wrong. I'm going to prove it to you. Because even the Bible says a man's nature knows, tells him that long hair is wrong. He don't even have to be told that a man bun is wrong. A ponytail down to his hiney. And his, he, nobody has to tell him that it's wrong. Nature tells him. You cannot tell me, and I'm not going to get graphic. I'm going to get graphic enough to, that you'll know what I'm talking about. Some of you trying to stop me. You can't control the gift that much. Because I'm an ox. And I'm stronger than you. And I'll break them heels off in the dirt. You cannot tell me that two men that are homosexuals do not know deep down in their heart that what they're doing is wrong. If you could get them to tell the honest to goodness truth, if they could tell the truth, and tell the honest to God truth, they would say, yes, it's wrong. Because what God has placed into humanity, He told Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. Two men can't multiply. Two women can't multiply. So God put something in man for a man to want a woman and a woman to want a man. And if a man wants a man, it is not of God. And there's something in them that tells them that. Because they don't even see animals doing that. Y'all ain't heard nothing yet. Boy, that was quiet. 
Y'all ain't heard nothing yet about that subject. Because Paul goes so deep. I showed my wife today and I thought I was going to have to give my wife CPR. I said, come here, let me show you something that I have found that's in the Bible. It's in Romans 1 that I never knew. Because I went to the Greek. And so then I asked Ashlyn. She's 20, almost 21. She's a grown woman. I said, Ashlyn, do you think you're old enough to, for me to show you something in the Bible? She said, what do you mean old enough? <laughs> she seeks to get married. So she ought to be able. I said, come here. She said, you're kidding me. You know how young people, they don't talk like us old folks. You're kidding me. I said, no, I didn't, I didn't read it to you. I made you read it. <laughs> you read it, and I didn't read it to you. You're kidding me. I said, no, it's right there. It's right there in the book. That's what it says. She said, that ain't nothing but filth. I said, you're exactly right. But that's what's going on in the world today. And Paul wrote about it because he was in Rome then and we're in Rome now. Don't try to pull me into that because that's for next week. I ain't got time for it. Y'all can wait. Patience is good for you. But I don't know if I can wait. That which may be known of God is manifest in them. There are things that God put in, into humans that manifest in them that let them know right from wrong. When a child comes to an age of accountability and they do something that nobody told them was wrong, but yet something in them convicts them. Friend, I used to go to my mother after lying to her face and repent. She didn't know I lied. That's what a lie's about. For them not to know that you told them an untruth. But something, I would lay down and I couldn't sleep. I'm just a kid, just a small boy. And I would lay down and I would toss and turn and I couldn't sleep. And I didn't know why I couldn't sleep. So finally I figured it out. I'm slow out of the gate, but I'll get there. I got up and I said, I got to go tell mama what I said was not right. And so I went and knocked on mama and hoping that daddy didn't wake up. You know, you're not just, you know, because daddy works all day, so hopefully he's in a deep sleep. And mama didn't work as hard all day, so maybe she'll wake up first. You knock on the door and here comes mama putting on her house coat. She said, Daniel, Mark, why ain't you asleep? I said, Mom, I can't sleep. She said, what's the matter? I said, I lied to you. And it was those times that I came to my mother and repented that she did not whip me. Because she didn't have to beat it out of me. I, it, came, <laughs> it, came from my, it came from my heart. And you know what happened after I made that right with my mother? Went back, laid down, <clears throat> out like a light. God puts that in, in humanity, in all humanity, to know right from wrong. Don't you tell me that people out there doing these crimes don't know these things aren't wrong. They, not just because the law is written, they know that it's wrong because something inside of them tells them it's wrong. 
If a man never knew that rape was wrong and he raped a woman, something inside of him would tell him, you took advantage of her and that was wrong. Because the Bible says that God manifests these things in us. That's why there's no excuse for nobody. Nobody, nobody will stand before God and say, well, I didn't know any better. And he will say, I put it in you to know better. And you turned it down. And each time you turned it down, that voice got quieter and quieter and quieter. Eventually, you didn't hear the voice. But in the beginning, you heard a voice. And that was me telling you to repent and get right. And you refused it. And when you refused that voice, you refused me. Depart from me. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. Verse 20. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. The invisible things that was in Him now are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made. He created them. Now we can see what was in Him. Even His eternal power and Godhead. So that they are without excuse. There's hardly a funeral service that I do at the graveside. That I don't point to the trees and the bushes and the flowers around. And make a comment about death, burial, and resurrection. And how that all, everybody that sees these here, thank God, we're moving out of summer. And the church said, we're moving out of summer. Can't you feel that nice cool air in the mornings? Woo! Get shivers and think I'm in the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Certain seasons bring certain change. And people have witnessed this time of year the leaves start turning colors. Falling to the ground. Not one leaf left on the tree. Looking like it's dead. But just give it a little time. It ain't dead. The life is just in the ground. The people we plant in the graveyard aren't dead. They're just asleep. They're alive in another dimension. The body's just laying there. So God has given them no excuse. He will tell them that, that you remember when you seen that, that rose bush or that whatever, maybe in the yard or, or something, they seen a tree or a bush or flower or whatever, and you seen every year that thing died. But then every spring, boom, it blossomed again. And then, and then come winter, it died again. And then boom, in the spring, it come back again. I was telling you of my death, burial, and resurrection. And I was telling you that you could fulfill the same thing. I was telling you that was me in nature. And, you, and yet you chose to be an atheist. You chose to be an agnostic when I was all around you. I was everywhere you looked. My death, my burial, and my resurrection was all around you. Yet you denied it. 
saying that it was a big bang. Yes, you're looking at a man that believes in a big bang. God said, let there be, and bang, there it was. I wish. My, we, was, we was in Colorado for uh, the, uh, the big deal with Elijah and, and, and Ashland for the proposal. And so we went a couple of days later. I was sick the first day with altitude sickness. If you're not used to it, bring some oxygen. <laughs> I was sick as a dog. I was in bed almost the whole first day. Anyway, that's another story. Um, we went down into this town, and we was going into this national park. And we stopped to get some food, get the kids some ice cream, and adults ice cream too. And so we went into some, some uh, souvenir shops. And as we went into these souvenir shops, and of course, there's everything known to man that they sit, try to sell in there. And uh, as, 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 as we're going from one to the other, uh, in, in down one road and then down the other road, and going in one shop and another shop, we see all these different things that are for sale. And I'm trying my best to find out where I was leading to. Because my train of thought just left me. I mean, that train left the station and I was going, wait, whoa. I'm trying to remember what I was talking about before I went to Colorado. It'll come back to me when I'm going home. We was out there for their I'm waiting on that train to come back around. And it's taking its time. We went into a store and I seen something and, and I wanted to say something about it to prove a point. And I lost the train of thought. But it'll come back. It just proves I'm human. And when you go home, it'll give you a good laugh. And, and, and Ashlyn's really glad that I forgot. Because she thinks it might have been about her. But it wasn't. Verse 21, I'm going to close. Because they, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Listen, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Now this is, this is another one of the scriptures that blew my mind, because it says, when they knew God. When they knew God had some form of a relationship. That word knew had some form of relationship with God. Whatever stage it was. Justification, sanctification, baptism. I don't know. But he said when they knew God. I've known a lot of people that had an experience but not the experience. Yeah. 
How many is with me? I know, listen, I've, I've, I've seen thousands come and go. They had a experience, but not the experience. They knew God on a certain level. And they knew a whole lot about God. But they never had a relationship with God. They never got they, the, the experience that's going to hold them until the rapture. That's why they left and went back out. Probably God says the reason they do that is because they never did fully repent. Something out there is keep pulling them. Pulling them. Pulling them. Something they're missing. Something they, 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 they're not doing anymore because of, 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 of legalism. Well, I can't do that because I'm a Christian now, but it's still got a pull on them. And then before long, that pull is stronger than the pull to church. Oh, they had a experience, but not the one that could hold them. They didn't have that anchor. You've seen them as many as I have, I'm sure. They had an experience. I, I, I baptized many of them. I've, I've prayed with them at the altar. But then, not long afterwards, they're gone. Where are they at? What happened to them? They knew him. But they didn't have that experience that could hold them. When the world started coming, flooding back in, come back to us. Come back to us. Come back to your bottle. Come back to your needle. Come back to your sex. Come back to your gambling. Come back to this. And before long, when they stay in that atmosphere too long and around those people too long, that pulls them right back out into it. They knew God. They glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became. Now, they didn't start off this way. They became fools. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That's Bible. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. This is what happens. When they knew him as God, they did not acknowledge him as God. Became vain in their imaginations. And then their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise. They became fools. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. And to birds. And four-footed beasts and creeping things. We've had part of this scripture happen in this message. We've had people change the glory of an uncorruptible God into the image made like unto a corruptible man. And put William Branham above Jesus. And preach more about William Branham than they do about Jesus. You're looking at a man that's got a serious problem with that. When you put anything or anybody above Jesus Christ, you are on your skid row to a devil's hell. Nobody deserves worship but Jesus. Revelation 5 declares there was one worthy, not two. But yet people in this message have become Catholics. And they have made Brother Branham's words a Pope's words. 
Don't you know, and some of you don't know, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you because I've studied some of the Catholic religion, that the Catholics believe that the Catholics' words can override the Scripture. They believe whatever he says, it don't matter what the Bible says, but whatever he says overrides the Bible. So you might as well just throw the Bible away and listen to this man. That's what people in this message have done. The Bible is not their absolute. That man is their absolute. I'm here to tell you there ain't no man an absolute outside of Jesus. If you came by sex desire, you are not an absolute. You are born in sin. But yet what have they done? They changed the glory of an uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man. Baptizing in His name. Saying He was the second coming, the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. That we are now in the millennium because Jesus has already come in the ministry of Brother Branham. Hogwash! Is any of y'all in the millennium? After what I preached Sunday, the pathway to heaven is through hell? That's where I'm at. I ain't in the millennium, I'm in hell. That's what Brother Ram said in J.C. Penney, I was back in hell again. So if he was in hell in J.C. Penney, I may not be in J.C. Penney, but I'm in the same world. Yet there are, some, some of you have a hard time believing what I say is true. But trust me, I'm telling you the truth. There are men that are preaching we are in the millennium. The, 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 the Brother Branham was the, was the uh, uh, second coming of Jesus Christ. And from 62 and a half to 65 was the marriage supper. Wait a minute, I wasn't there. You know, some of y'all don't like to miss a meal. You got gypped. They're preaching things and they're saying things that, that's not scriptural. Time's gone. I sit down with a precious brother. Some of you know their story. I sat down with a precious brother that relieved and returned ministry. I said, Brother, show me. Show me in the Bible. I said, I don't want no quotes. He didn't like that, but I couldn't help it. I said, I want to know from the Bible where he's supposed to come back and have a tent around this country. Show me. He looked at me as serious as a heart failure. And he said, I don't need a scripture. What kind of church would this be if we didn't need scripture? You people know this because most of you said under me long enough. I read more, way more Bible than I do quotes. And there's a reason for that. Because I want our emphasis at Water Life Tabernacle to be on Jesus. I don't care who likes it and who don't like it. Our emphasis is going to be on Jesus Christ. Because He is the Word and the Word is Him. John 1. Come on somebody. And if I focus on the Bible and on the Word more than anything else, then He will be the focus of this church. Yes, sir. 
And the music fades and all is swept away. Come back to the heart of worship. What is the heart of worship? It's all about you. It's all about you. And when you put anybody else in that place that only he belongs in, it's blasphemy. You have made another God. And you have made this God out of a corruptible man. I'm trying to teach and it ain't working very well. Change the truth. Change the glory, excuse me, of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. Birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. We can go to other countries and find those things. Verse 24. I'll try to hurry. Wherefore God also gave them up. Gave them up. To, through, to uncleanness through the lust of their own heart. To dishonor their own bodies. Between themselves. Let's stand. Even having people stand was quiet. I didn't hardly hear you stand up. I trust, I trust that going through these things that are even way more serious than I thought. I hope you catch the understanding of how serious of an age we're living in. And we are absolutely paralleling what Paul went through. And not only paralleling, but we're worse. This age is worse. Because Jesus said, as it was in the days of Lot and Noah. We've got violence and perversion. All the way around us, everywhere you look. Violence and perversion everywhere you look. And Rome's behind it all. I don't know if I've ever sang this. I know Brother Brian has sang it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to sing it. I'm going to attempt to sing it. And just like I lost that train a minute ago, I may lose this train. <laughs> I am a friend of God. Go up one key from him. And he's looking at him. What key do you sing it in? B flat? Put it in the B. I'll make it flat. Who am I that you are mindful of me, that you hear me when I call? Is it true that you are thinking of me, how you love me? It's amazing, it's amazing, I am a friend of God, oh, I am a friend of God, 
How many believers do we have here? Our brother has been tormented with a symptoms. Things that he doesn't want in his body, in his mind. Satan is a squatter. This man has been redeemed. As far as what my Bible tells me, I hope yours says the same thing. He has been bought body, soul, and spirit. If you have one ounce of faith that you believe God can heal our brother tonight, stretch forth your hand. Heavenly Father, Lord, just this week, you came and you spoke to me about my position that I hold that you put me in. That Lord, I stand at the door as an earthly shepherd. And anything that comes in, goes out, has to go through me. I represent you on the earth. As I step out of my office, I am God, I'm your angel to this church. And here stands before me one of my sheep that you have gave to me on this earth to watch over, to take care of, to protect, to feed, to water, to guide. And then, Lord, when there's a sickness, for me to stand between me, for me to stand between him and the sickness. And, Father, you know what he's dealing with. I've dealt with it myself. It's very debilitating. It's very scary at times. Fear can grip your mind and tell you all kinds of things are happening to you when it's all a lie. So you demon, I talk to you right now in the name of Jesus. As these people have their hands stretched forth. And we are holding this handkerchief that I preached under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost with. And Father, you said in your word, if any two would touch and agree. On the earth, you would handle it in heaven. So I speak to this evil thing that is tormenting up my brother to go from him, to leave him, to never bother him again. I am a son of God bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I have more power, I have more authority than you. And I command you by the power of the name of Jesus Christ to leave him. Go back to hell where you come from. May he be free from this day forward. And may he give testimony in this house that everything has changed because of the blood of Calvary's Hill. We call it done. We thank you in advance. In Jesus' mighty name, we call it done. Amen and amen. I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of the devil. And when something belongs to me, something that God has given me, I don't give up easy. I'm not giving it up easy. I'm not going to turn it loose. He's got a fight on his hands. 
If I am who God placed me to be, there ain't a devil in hell that could stand against me. Because I am God's ambassador to this church. And I have every right to call out any demon. I'm going to tell you right now, you listen to me and I want every devil in hell to hear me. I ain't afraid of none of them. Not a one of them. I've done dealt with enough of them. Then I know they ain't nothing but a bluff. They ain't got nothing on me. Well, they can try their scare tactics. And the flesh, oh yeah, the flesh at first, it starts getting you know, a little bit creepy, a little bit eerie. Then all of a sudden, something rises up because you know your position. That's why it's important to know who you are. Something rises up on the inside of you say, Get behind me, Satan. Brother Ram says, who has more authority? Come on, we got to believe it. Who has more authority? A demon out of hell or a son of God? A son of God. And I'm going to ask every one of you, and those of you that are streaming, I'm going to ask you, between now and Sunday, fast one meal. I'm not going to beg you, but I'm asking you. Now, listen, if you ain't hungry and don't eat, that ain't a fast. Fasting is when there's something that you feel like your body needs and you just put it aside as a sacrifice. And the time that you're fasting, pray for this weekend services. Because God's going to do some mighty things. But see, we got a part that we got to do. We got a part we got to play. We, we don't just rely on God just to do everything. He says, no, 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 no. He said, if you want to do this, then you've got to fast and pray. If you want to cast out this kind of devil, this comes with fasting and prayer. Come, Hello. They had done cast out devils, but not that one. They couldn't do that one. He said, this one comes with fasting and prayer. Something they had to do. You want to rise to this level, then you got to rise another level. And if you don't want to see God move this weekend, then don't fast and pray and just stay at home. But I'm here to tell you, God's going to move this weekend. Now I know, now I realize that I'm putting myself out here on a limb. I'm not an idiot. I've been here before. I realize after Sunday is over that my body is going to be, going to be rocked in pain. I realize that. But I'd sacrifice it every day of my life for the sake of my people. And I wouldn't do this had not God told me to do it. Some of you, some of you have no idea. Don't worry about it. Everything's all right. It's all under control. And I promise you, after it's all over, we will be rejoicing. We will be rejoicing. Bow your heads with me. Eternal Father, we have come on this midweek service, Lord, and I have poured out my heart. I have given to these people what you have given me. And Lord, some of these things in the book of Romans is still blowing my mind. And there's still things in these scriptures that I don't totally understand, but I put it on the shelf and I wait on you. To open my eyes. 
And then when my eyes are open to it, then I'll bring it to the people. There's things that was said tonight. There's things that was read tonight that no doubt shook some people. Because we see what's going on today happened in Paul's day. Because his was the first church age and ours is the last. And what happened in the first is now happening in the last. And not just happening in the last, but worse than it did in the first. And right in the middle of all that's going on, you've got a bride that you're preparing to take to a marriage supper. So Lord, it behooves us to be sober, to be vigilant. Because our enemy is as a roaring lion. He is seeking whom he, he may devour. He is trying his best. But Lord, you said you came to give us life and life more abundantly. And you told us, Lord, in that great commission, you gave us power over all hell and all demons. All spirits and diseases. You gave us power over it. And so, Lord, I just am simple-minded enough to believe it. But it's no good if we don't use it. It's no good if we don't put it into effect. So, God, help us to take these things. and May they lift off the pages of the book. And become reality in our lives. In the midst of hell all around us. May we shine our lights. To those around us. May we be salty to those around us. Lord when I say these things and read these things. Lord I'm not against people. You know my heart. But I am against sin. And I will preach against sin. And the reason I do it the way that I do it is because I want desperately for people to be free. Because Lord in the Spirit many times you have shown me people that were totally bound from head to foot in chains. And that absolutely breaks my heart. Because there is a remedy. There is a way out of those chains. You made the way if they would just accept that way and realize that a price was paid for those shackles to be destroyed and they could go free. That's my heart's desire. I want to see people free, free in the spirit. He who the Son is set free is free indeed. So God, as we leave here tonight, may you... Your angel encamp around about every vehicle. God, keep us safe from harm and danger. Keep your hand upon us. Lord, I, I yesterday was sitting in my chair and all of a sudden, it don't happen very often, but when it does, it is very overwhelming to me. I had a burden for Brother Donnie. It hit me right in my chest. I could barely catch my breath. The burden for Brother Donnie. Lord, I've got three girls. He's got one that's got, they say, has stage four cancer. And the last report that the doctors give was not good. And I'm, I'm a daddy. I'm a father. And I can't even... Begin to understand. Hearing a doctor telling me that about one of my girls. 
And the picture that I've seen of her when we was in Colorado. They posted it on social media. My wife come to me. She said, here, look. This is Sister Erica. She had spent two nights in the emergency room in a wheelchair. Two nights. They couldn't get her a room. Her sitting there with stage four cancer. And they could not get her a room. I broke down and I wept because I seen the side of her face was so yellow. I broke down. And me and my wife, we held hands. We sat on the bed and we held hands. And we prayed. And Lord, I've seen my sisters, my three sisters in that same condition. And they had already told her that go ahead and expect to spend this night in the ER as well. And Lord, I prayed these, these things in my prayer. I said, Lord, you are the one that reversed the Red Sea. You are the one that reversed the Jordan River. You can reverse this situation and open up a room for Sister Erica. And within 30 minutes, she had a room. I give you praise, I give you glory, I give you honor for working a miracle on her behalf. But God, I, I just felt to write Brother Donnie a text and just tell him how I felt and what I was feeling about him. And we had a little chat on the text back and forth. And he thanked me and thanked me and thanked me. The burden that came on me was so strong. My heart goes out to him, and I just wanted this people to know if they, if his name comes across their mind, just to say a prayer for the Reagan family. They've suffered so much with Sister Erica, Lord, for these years, and it wears on a family. I've been there three times, four times. I've been there. It wears on a family, and it wears on a family, and it's difficult. It's not easy. But they're part of a body that can reach out in faith and approach your throne on their behalf. And you can go right now and touch them. We hold up the Reagan family. And I as a father hold up Brother Donnie especially tonight, Lord, that you would just minister to him as only you can do. Father, I can say things to him that he already knows. I can embrace him. I can hug him. I can do things for him. I can buy him stuff. I can do whatever. But the real comfort comes from you. So grant it to him, God, I pray. That's my heart's desire right now is just lift him up, strengthen him, God, I pray. Be with us now as we go from this place. Bring us back at the appointed time. In Jesus' name, we ask it for the glory of God. And the church said, amen. amen. Let's just do that again. As we're dismissed this evening. I am a friend of God. Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me. When I call. Is it true that you are thinking? 
how you love me. It's amazing, it's amazing. Oh, I am a prisoner of God. He calls me friend. One more time. I am a friend. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. Oh, I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Oh, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. God bless you. Go in the fear of God. You can be dismissed. Oh, I am a friend of God.